previously on the Sick Invite Podcast. I really needed to be like in therapy, which I tried. The guy was a quack. He taught me that like American cheese is cheddar cheese. That's what I learned. Wait, is that, yeah. is that, even, is that even true? I don't know. <laughs> you are now listening to the Sick Invite Podcast with Kayla Herb and Ricky Grimes. Hello, my name is Kayla Herb. And I'm Ricky Grimes. And this is the Sick Invite Podcast, a storytelling show about all ailments, big or small, chronic or temporary. The Sick Invite provides an inclusive space for you to share your story. What is wrong with you? With me? Yeah. Oh, nothing. I'm, I'm fine. Why, do I have something on my face? Yes. What? What's on my face? Chocolate. No, no, I don't. <laughs> do I really? I, it looks like blood coming off your face, and I will share a pic. <laughs> That's that. You're referencing something that happened earlier, which is funny, but... Don't make me nervous now. It did look like blood. How are you, <laughs> how are you today? Uh, my tummy hurts, but I'm okay. The show is brought to you by KaylaHerb.com, where knit blankets, custom quilts, private photography sessions, and other homemade items are available for purchase and custom order. Please subscribe to our show, comment, and review us. Follow us on Instagram at the Sick Invite Podcast and tell your friends. We also have some merchandise available on the SickInvitePodcast.com, including our What's Wrong With You shirts, mugs, stickers, and buttons. We are now on Patreon. For $3 a month, you can get early access to our episodes, behind-the-scenes content, 10% off KaylaHerb.com, and much more. Okay, so here's what I got from old Klaus. If you could shut your phone off, <laughs> I know, I know, we're trying to do a podcast here. I know I, you don't even you don't even ever have that alert on. You just put that on while we were recording. No, is this for the listeners that think that you're? Got they a need lot, to know I'm popular. Got a lot going on. Okay, I don't even want to. So I'm just, you know, I don't ever read Klaus's things in advance, right? I just open them up and because I try to, I try to not read them. But now it's become I. Said it once on the show, and now they've become people look forward to them. So now I have to this, I have to read these things. I didn't plan it for it to be a segment on the show. It was just going to be a note. But now that he's like, I don't know. But this is what he writes to me this time. He goes, he goes, hey, uh, if you could please announce on the show that I'm selling my 2007 Saturn Acura XR for four thousand four hundred seventy-five dollars. Black with tan interior. It's an automatic. Is a Saturn Acura a car? That's what it says right here. I don't know. 2007 Saturn Acura XR. Oh, Saturn oh, I'm and sorry. Acura are two different cars. Sa- I'm sorry. I misread. It's Saturn Aura. Oh. A Saturn Aura XR is what it says here. 149,000 miles on it. It's an automatic. Is that a good deal? I just Googled it. That's a pretty regular looking car. It's got leather seats. All right. How can this guy afford a car with remote start? This has got remote start on it. It's for 2007. This guy's a, I mean, no disrespect, but he's a podcast editor. He can afford, look, it says fog lights. For what we're paying him? I, I, well, maybe, listen, maybe maybe we can, if we can get more people to join the Patreon, maybe we can buy his car and just, and wreck it or something. That'd be fun. (laughs) Or, Or pretend to buy it. Sounds like a crime. (laughs) <laughs> oh, okay. Well, now we won't edit it off the show. <laughs> On today's show, we have a guest, another cousin of mine, Katie Heage. Today, we're going to be talking about Alzheimer's from the caregiver's perspective. So, Katie, what's wrong with you? Oh, Kayla, what's not wrong with me? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, um, I'm a caregiver for my mom, and my mom has dementia, so maybe dementia is wrong with me. Mm-hmm. So I 
you know, I was almost, uh, I, I had that wrong. What, is there a difference between Alzheimer's and dementia? Because I would have said the opposite. Dementia is an umbrella term. So um, there are different diseases that cause uh, dementia. Dementia itself is basically um, the loss of uh, cognitive abilities. So it's not just memory. You know, it could be judgment. It could be, um, you know, all lots of different uh, things that you do with your brain, essentially. Uh, Alzheimer's, which is what my mom is actually diagnosed with, uh, is a kind of dementia. It's uh, the most common form of dementia. It's something like 60 to 80% of people who um, have dementia have Alzheimer's. Um, but there are other types too, like vascular dementia, which um, is pretty common, like if you've had a stroke, um, and vascular, you know, being the veins and stuff going into your brain. So that's that's what is causing the dementia there. Um, there is Lewy body dementia, which uh, people may recognize because I think that's what uh, Robin Williams had. Mm. And um, I don't know a whole lot about it other than I know it's uh, common with Parkinson's disease, which I think I also heard that Robin Williams was uh, diagnosed with before he passed away. Um, and, and there are like literally like 20 probably different kinds, but, um, those are some of the more, more common ones and Alzheimer's, uh, like I said, is the most common. Um, and what sort of defines Alzheimer's is this like buildup of plaques, um, of proteins, uh, in the brain that basically is like strangling your brain and killing brain cells. Um, and this starts like 20 years or so before you even notice a symptom. But yeah, mm. so dementia is, is an umbrella term. So I use it interchangeably um, because she does have dementia. Uh, the dementia is caused by Alzheimer's. Okay, so that makes sense because I thought I've heard you say both before. Yeah. Maybe yeah. I've not yeah. remembering this all correctly, but that, that makes no, a yeah. lot of sense um, and probably why so many people have different experiences with their loved ones who do have uh, dementia or Alzheimer's or anything under that umbrella term. Um, now, what involve, is involved in your caretaking on a day-to-day? -day? Um, basically, I mean, mom is able to, to do a lot. You know, she, she can, you know, take care of herself to a point. Uh, one of the biggest things that... Um, I've noticed with her uh, progression with the disease is uh, the ability to process things. So like if you say, hey, let's go brush your teeth. You know, she hears the words, she understands the words. Um, like she gets the fact that you want her to go and do that particular task. But if you think about it, brushing your teeth is actually a whole list of mini tasks in between. And so that's where she gets hung up. So she may go into the bathroom. She may get up and like go toward the bathroom, but then like veer off and go someplace else, you know, like complete like ADD sometimes. Mm -hmm. um, or what it seems like ADD. It's not that. It's just that she doesn't remember what she's doing in the process of getting up off the couch to go and do the thing. Mm -hmm. So do you, it, like when you say ADD, do you, 
find that it truly is more like a distraction to her. Like she's like, oh, what was I doing? Oh, it must have been this. And then yeah, oh yeah, she'll get up and and like she'll say to me, oh, I have to go to the bathroom, and she'll get up. Um, and then five minutes later, you know, she's like coming out of her bedroom with like stuff that she you know is gonna go and fiddle with now. So, um, like I'm definitely like the rememberer. And it's a good thing she like will mention out loud, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, oh, I have to go to the bathroom. So this way I know, like, if I haven't heard her go in that direction yet, I can herd her before things become, you know, troublesome. Um, but I'm also like a coach. So I help her go through the steps of, you know, whatever particular thing we're trying to do. So if it's, you know, getting dressed, if it's, you know, brushing her teeth, taking a shower, that sort of thing, anything that's got more than, you know, one or two kind of mini steps involved she needs that assistance um which you know when when you're first jumping into caregiving you're like wow like why can't we figure this out like come on you've brushed Mm -hmm. your teeth for you know 60 years (laughs) or whatever um and it's hard for you as the person who doesn't have the disease to wrap your head around the fact that you know her brain just isn't wired the same way anymore and um things that are seemingly normal and simple and you know no brainers to me you know are not that way anymore for her so um you know you have to really kind of step back and and learn patience quick uh which is super hard (laughs) Mm -hmm. especially when it's you know your mom you know I think people probably, you know, people who care give like for a living, like people who work like in assisted living or people who come and are like home health aides, you know, they go in knowing that this is going to be the issue. But when you're caring for a loved one, and I think especially when it's the, you know, parent child dynamic, mm-hmm. it's very hard to, you know, to like get that those tables are turned now and that as much as you know she knows that she's the mother and she knows that you're the daughter those tables are totally turned and you really are doing the mothering at this point Mm -hmm. and it's hard to separate the like a a professional wouldn't have the emotional stake that you have in there exactly that change um Mm -hmm. that you like where as much as you can try to look at it objectively it's still your mom um and you probably still you know, get annoyed with her as mothers and daughters do, where like a care a professional wouldn't have that um, relationship. Yeah, so for that sure. that must be really hard. I'm sorry you have to deal with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it's it's definitely a learning curve. It's definitely something that I wasn't good at at first, and I'm probably not super great at it. But I think in the last three years or so that that she's been living with me. I, I've seen that I've grown leaps and bounds in like the patient's category. Mm-hmm. So it's a, definitely a learned thing. You gotta, you also have to have the right like attitude about it. You have to have yeah, the certain, right uh, like, like, like a temperament. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, yeah. you know, if you know that you're the kind of person that like, you know, like I don't want kids and like I can't deal with like that sort of thing, you're not gonna be a good caregiver. Find another road because. Uh, it, it there are days where it's literally like I have a 69 year old toddler and it's mm-hmm. terrible to like think about it that way but 
you know, like if we're getting ready to go somewhere, like I have to make sure I get myself ready before I go and I get her ready. Yeah. Waiting on me, you know? Mm. So it's a lot of the same dynamics. Just I'm glad that you said that, um, of just that people need to admit that they are not the right person for this because I think there's a stigma to quote unquote throwing your mother in a nursing home or whatever people say but that might be the best option for people if you have the means because um, it's it's not it's not cheap <laughs> um, but some people just don't they're either not healthy enough to do it themselves they're not strong enough to do it themselves that's, that's a, a lot, lot emotionally, emotionally on you, on you. Could um, we talk a little bit about what Kale's talking about, like that type of transition from you kind of taking on that role? Was that something that was uh, uh, like a, a choice by you, like I will do this, or was it something that was kind of just, it just happened and then you kind of just stuck with it? Or was it, how much of it was an active choice and how much of it was just the situation and, and you uh, being, being in that situation? situation? Yeah, like it was going to be me no matter what. Um very early, even before I think she kind of had symptoms or anything like this, you know, she had said out loud, I am assuming to both my sister and I, like, if anything ever happens to me, I don't want to go to a nursing home. So, mm. you know, when she was very still lucid and asymptomatic, like that was her like wish. Don't put me in a nursing home. Mm-hmm. So... Was that in reference to this or just in general oh, conversation? Just in general. Just it was just sort of a... Yeah, you know, I maybe I don't know if I feel like it was maybe an aunt or someone like one of her aunts ended up in a nursing home. I feel like right. it was after that, so right. she had, had seen what was going on and didn't want anything to do with it, which is understandable. Yeah. Um, so in the back of our heads, you know, we always knew that, or at least I always knew that I that was her wish, and I didn't want to, you know, go against that. But going back to the whole temperament thing like I am definitely like the quieter and I guess more patient and easygoing daughter between my sister and I (laughs) Mm -hmm. and growing up you know she was the she was always butting heads with mom so she knew right off the bat like she just she loves my mother my mother loves her that you know there's no animosity or anything it's just like she knew that she couldn't handle being that you know caregiver because she just didn't have the temperament and that's fine and you know it's good that we had that talk uh you know early enough ahead that you know when it was time for mom to come and live with one of us like we knew it was going to be me Mm. yeah that honesty is important in that relationship exactly and it wasn't anything that i really wanted to do either because you know i was in my mid-30s and i was you know, I have a boyfriend and, you know, I have the job and, you know, things going on in my own life. Um, And I definitely feel like a lot of that's on hold now because like, I can't imagine being a mother to a child and like being a mother to my mother. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, at least I was like somewhat prepared for it or I was able to start preparing for it. So as much as you know, there is some resentment, like, on that front, you know, I'm okay with it. Like, I, this is, like, I have to do it. It's my mother, first of all, <laughs> you know, like, I'm not going to leave her hanging. Um, but, you know, after going over it and thinking about it and having a super supportive boyfriend who, like, gets it because he's dealt with dementia in his family as well, mm-hmm. you know, 
it, it made the decision and the transition into becoming a caregiver easier. Mm. Sure. Yeah. Shout out to Ryan. Seriously. <laughs> well, you should say for the folks at home, Kayla, that. What, uh, how we all know each other? No, no. Well, who Ryan? Ryan you know, kinda... <laughs> Her boyfriend. Ryan. <laughs> yes, Ryan is my boyfriend. <laughs> Super boyfriend. Kayla sometimes <laughs> forgets this is a podcast, and she just. Says, I know. I'm afraid we're not just like. It's not like all right the now. same people. Right, there, right. So, yeah. Like folks in, like they're listening because listening. we get the you know the demographics, and there's people that are listening in like Wisconsin, and they're like, of course, Ryan. Yes, of course. <laughs> Yeah. Right. <laughs> as much as I like to assume it's just family and people I went to high school with, a lot of these people I don't actually know. <laughs> when you when you kind of started to realize that this was going to be uh, an, an an issue that you guys were going to take on and this is kind of what she was dealing with and um how much did you have was this something that you had been aware of like in your family or was this something that came out of nowhere and then how much did you have to do a lot of research into it yourself or did it come with the uh, or was it all so gradual that it just kind of the steps all just kind of happened and you, you essentially just ended up knowing all this info? Right. So like I knew vaguely what dementia and Alzheimer's was my grandmother. So I guess your great grandmother, Kayla, right? Mm -hmm. um, Grandma Gert. Yeah. She had what I assume is Alzheimer's. Knowing what I know now, I'm assuming it was Alzheimer's. I don't know if it was ever officially um, diagnosed, um, but she definitely had dementia of some sort. So um, back when I was tiny, I don't know, I was definitely single digits in <laughs> age, <laughs> uh, grandma came to live with us. So this is my dad's mom, so not my mom's side of the family. So she came to live with us and I know I remember the conversation like she had bounced around different like people's homes. I know she was living with like my aunt and uncle for a while and probably a cousin or something at some point. So I guess it was like my dad's turn to <laughs> take care of her. Mm -hmm. So like and it completely uprooted our life. We lived in a tiny little three bedroom bungalow in Bayshore right by the marina. So these were teeny tiny houses to begin with and there were four of us. And like, it was a big thing, I guess, that my sister and I had our own bedrooms. Um, but when grandma came, I got kicked out of my bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> I slept in my sister's room. Um, and yeah, I have very particular memories of her, of grandma, like giving my sister and I money all the time, but then always yelling at my mom, like, why did you take my money? Which is a very mm. common thing with, with, I'm assuming oh, wow. all dementias, but like the whole like paranoia thing is is a big uh... factor. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, if you're unsure of what's going on around you, right? And especially and 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 looking back at it now, from what I know, after having done the research, uh, and we'll get to that. But uh, looking back at it now, like I can see how or why she would feel that way, having been bounced around. Uh, to different people's houses, and at that point, probably not 100% sure who everyone is, um, or, or at least not all of the time knowing who everyone was. Um, and I think just also being like the daughter-in-law, you know, I think there's mm -hmm. that, you know, sort of thing going on there with like the mother-in-law, daughter-in-law kind of, you know, 
splitting heads. Um, so they were always fighting, which then led to like my parents fighting, which mm-hmm. was a whole like, you know, being like eight or nine years old, however old I was, you know, that's, it's a huge uh, thing to have in your head, you know? And then I, I don't remember how long she was with us. It wasn't super long, you know, maybe a few months. Um, and eventually my aunt and uncle moved down to South Carolina and I guess they took grandma with them and put her into a nursing home. So we didn't see her for a very long time. So my, I think my, my clearest memory pre dealing with it myself is seeing grandma for the first and as it turned out the last time uh, in South Carolina in the nursing home and how she didn't look anything like herself. So you look at pictures of her, like she, her hair was always done. Um, like I remember actually taking her to go get her hair done all the time with my mom. Uh, you know, she always had her glasses on. She always dressed, you know, nicely, I suppose for, you know, an 80, 90 year old. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but like in the nursing home, her hair was long. It was straight. It, it She was wearing like sweatpants and a sweatshirt, like so not grandma. So that's what I was thinking of when I, thought of dementia like someone who just is not themselves anymore Mm -hmm. you know physically and also mentally um she didn't recognize my dad um it it was a fearful thing I was very much afraid of grandma like in that moment um so cut to now 30 years later it's now in my backyard (laughs) and and so research was super important because I didn't know what to expect other than that picture in my head of grandma in the nursing home in South Carolina so Mm -hmm. and this is obviously not not going on because at that point you know mom was still living on her home her own you know still driving and doing groceries and whatever um so like those two pictures were completely incongruent, you know, not the same thing at all. And um, so, yeah, like websites, books, I'm in the middle of reading a book now, actually. Uh, it's called The 36-Hour Day. Um, and it's basically everything you probably need to know about dementia. So it's been really helpful. Um, but the Alzheimer's Association website, for sure, had tons of information. And that's basically my like guiding light you know i'm always on that website i'm always reading like all the new facts and figures they have uh, you know updates on research and stuff like that so that's been a huge um a huge help um that's awesome yeah like knowing what to expect too like so it's not a surprise yeah just to have that resource and then today at your fingertips is so helpful i mean even not that long ago um not knowing what was going on with her um people probably assume and i I think this is also like a common misconception um that like they're just like oh that's just the crazy old lady Mm -hmm. in the neighborhood um and they probably was so many undiagnosed people in the past who were just like ah ignore her and you know they were truly suffering um or just needed a little bit more care than the dismissal (laughs) yeah oh for sure Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to rewind a little bit on how your mom's symptoms started and how you guys kind of figured out that something was wrong. Sure. So um, 
want to say it's probably almost 10 years ago now. Um, it did start off with good old memory loss, um, short-term memory specifically. So it was a kind of thing where you would have a conversation with her, you know, oh, we're going to go over to so-and-so's house, you know, on Friday. And then, you know, probably at that point, it was like maybe a couple of days later, like, oh yeah, you know, we're going there. I said that, you know, to you the other day. Um, and that is, I mean, it's not abnormal. I mean, I do that all the time. I mean, especially mm -hmm. like these days when I'm dealing with this and work and everything else, like I don't remember everything. I have to write everything down. Um, and so it probably wasn't super suspicious to us at that point. So hindsight being what it is, that's probably when it was starting. Um, and then she was working at a place um, and it was kind of like an attendant job. Like you kind of just sat there and checked people's ideas as they were coming in. It was like a, a clubhouse for a townhouse community. Mm -hmm. So there wasn't a whole lot like happening to be honest. Like she sat and watched like the TV or like read the paper, not like any, you know, real thinking involved. Um, and that's when it actually became the the short-term memory loss became so noticeable that we were like eh, you may want to go see someone about it mm -hmm. um and whenever you bring up someone's flaws you know it's always like oh there's nothing wrong with me i'm perfectly fine mm -hmm. and so there was a lot of that back and forth and then finally i think just to shut us up she went to the doctor and uh none of us went with her she just went on her own and basically got like you know an a plus from the doctor like nothing was wrong so we were like well okay if that's what she said um but the the short-term thing was definitely an issue like constantly having to like remind her of appointments and and remind her of conversations that we've had um but again you know still living her life you know nothing other than that was really out of the ordinary um when she decided she was retiring and she wasn't gonna work anymore, she decided she was moving to Florida. Um, I'm like, okay, cool, whatever, that's what you wanna do. Um, and I remember from the first mention of Florida, I was like, well, you know, maybe you should get a part-time job or maybe you should volunteer, maybe you should do something and get out. Um, but in her estimation, you know, it's her life, you know, it's her retirement. She's going to sit back and do whatever she wanted to do. So, you know, she spent a lot of her time by herself. She let, spent a lot of the time, um, you know, just in her house, not really socializing, not really doing anything constructive. Um, and that's like when the first real big decline started. Um, so we ended up, she went back to a doctor down there and she was diagnosed at that point with mild cognitive impairment, MCI. Um, and that's like the first stepping stone. Uh, generally, you know, if you are diagnosed with that at some point in the future, you're probably going to be diagnosed with Alzheimer's or some other dementia at, you know, in, in the future. Um, so what we were noticing in Florida at that point was like when we would come down and visit post-it notes everywhere, 
like wallpapered um she would miss her doctor's appointments um at one point i had to you know like my chart you know like where you can do all that stuff online mm -hmm. now so her like doctors and stuff all had my chart so like i ended up like making the appointments or like seeing when the appointments were so that i could remind her about them and give her a call um uh, she, I don't think she was eating so well while she was down there because she lost a lot of weight. Um, and that may have also been from one of the meds that she went on for the dementia um, or a combination of the two. Um, but when you would go over there, like her fridge would be full. So there was food there, but she obviously wasn't eating any of it. Mm. Um, and gosh, what else? Hang on. <laughs> I wrote stuff down. I have it. Um, oh, I had a. I had to tell her how to. I had to write down how to use the DVD player, like, like ha what buttons to press to get a DVD going. Uh, she asked me one day, uh, "Do you know how to balance a checkbook?" Because I don't remember how to balance a checkbook, mm. which was huge because a growing up in the age that I've grown up in when everything is like basically debit cards and checking your balances online like I've not balanced a checkbook probably since I was in high school and that was right, like right. that's class yeah. right, right. <laughs> so I'm like I don't know if I can help you really with that right. um and that then kind of led us to checking her finances and she was you know how people call like spam callers like oh you need a a car warranty and we right, can help right, right. With that she had like four or five of these warranties taking money out of her account every month um she would ask me if i wanted like a cup of tea she would go off to start the kettle for herself and literally in those you know two seconds it took her to come back into the living room she'd say did you want a cup of tea but not had any like idea that she literally just asked me that. Mm -hmm. So um, like things were definitely getting worse. Um, and what, what kind of, I think put the nail in the coffin in terms of her living on her own was I think because she wasn't eating so well and probably not drinking water and stuff like that. She ended up in the hospital twice within a few months. Um, and the second time was she passed out because she was dehydrated. Mm. Um, so I had gone down there, I had taken care of her, we made a bunch of doctor's appointments and that ends, I think, you know, with the, the finances, that was like our cue to step in, like things are not going as well as they could be right now with you by yourself. So how long was that, um, time span from her, um, from um, all that? So you figure probably that that MCI diagnosis is probably six or so years ago now. Because um, I think she moved down there in, in 2013, 2014. So it's mm -hmm. about six years. It wasn't very long after she moved down there that that diagnosis came up. Um, and then she's been here now for three years. So, um, and she was, the diagnosis changed over to dementia, nonspecific dementia, 
uh, when she got here. And then about a year or so later after that, it turned into specifically Alzheimer's. Okay. So it, like I, cause I really wasn't sure if this is like an overnight kind of thing, but it seemed to, not that that's a very long period of time in the grand scheme of things, but yeah. um, kind of a slow progression. Yeah. Well, and the, the physical like changes in your brain happen like they could be happening to me now <laughs> yeah. and I, I don't know. Um, but I may not start showing symptoms and knock on wood, you know, I won't, but you know, I, it may be another 20, 30 years before I actually start showing symptoms. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of the same thing. And it's also, you know, when it, when it is something as simple as, you know, short-term memory, you know, there's so many other things that you chalk it up to stress, normal aging mm-hmm. um just being overwhelmed being busy exactly so i mean there are so many you know ways that you can just sort of like brush it off and not be so worried about it um and when you don't take the steps to sort of help slow progression or you know prevent it i guess in a sense it can be very very quick um you know, the time that she was here in New York, moved down to Florida and came back up here, you know, was four years. Like it really wasn't very long in the scheme of things. But if mm-hmm. you looked at like, um, you know, a chart of like how well she was doing, like there's a drastic drop down. There's a drastic, you know, plunge mm-hmm. of, of her cognitive abilities in that time. Um, and even now with, with COVID, um, well, I mean, this year didn't start off well to begin with. She, right at the end of January, she tripped and she broke her arm. Oh, boy. So between that and then lockdown, like three months later, um, and just being stuck inside and not having the same, you know, interactions that she would normally, I, I've seen another pretty steep decline in the last couple of months. So, um, yeah. And that's how it is. It's it's a disease of plateaus and declines and plateaus and declines. Um, and you just, when you are at a plateau, you do everything that you can to, to stay there as long as you can. Mm-hmm. I know with um, COVID, you talked on Facebook about um, activities that she does outside of the house, like elder care and such, that that wasn't available anymore. Um, what kind of programs is she in and is, is it back up and running yet um, with the restrictions? Yeah, so she was going to um, technically an adult daycare. So she would go there while I was at work. Um, and while they're there, um, it's all people who have similar um, cognitive abilities, I guess. Uh, unfortunately, they're, they're much older than she is. She, I mean, she was very much an early onset uh, case but um, they work on basically a lot of it is just socialization, which is huge. It's a huge part of keeping your brain healthy is literally just sitting down and having a conversation with someone, you know? So they talk to them. They, um, they sometimes they cook. It's in a, um, an old, I think, elementary school. Um, so they have like a kitchen facility. So sometimes they'll like make soup and they'll you know, help chop stuff and, and sort of that sort of thing. And they're all obviously supervised. Um, 
but now because of the um quarantine lockdown whatever this is called now (laughs) (laughs) they did have to uh, shut that down so they weren't doing anything for quite some time and then I guess about two months ago they actually started doing zoom calls so um all of the the participants and then um the people who run the program all jump on on the zoom call they have like two different zoom calls with like different activities each day mm-hmm. um, you know so they'll do like chair yoga and uh they do a thing called they call it memory games which is basically like they put pictures up and they talk about like what could be going on in the picture and what do you think and you know that sort of thing just kind of engaging them mm-hmm. um and it's been great like I sit in on we usually just do the one on Thursdays just because with me working and internet issues you know yeah. <laughs> you do everything um but I'll sit in and and participate with her on a Thursday and and we'll do you know they do exercises at the end too so I'm sitting there doing my chair yoga too <laughs> <laughs> and um and that's been great. You know, she, you know, she has her moments where she's like, ah, I don't want to bother, but um, it's, you know, it's a way to kill an hour too, you know, when, what else are you doing all day other than, you know, chilling, watching TV, waiting for, you know, me to be done with work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, and I found that program, it's called the Queens Community House, shout out to them. Um, they are a local, I live in Queens, so they're a local, um, uh, group and they do all sorts of things for kids for seniors um for um you know english language learners it's a whole it's a whole program going on down there and um it's it's free-ish i pay she gets bussed when they do actually physically go Mm -hmm. so i pay for the bus um but even that is like 26 dollars a week so it's definitely you know better than you know other, I mean, we have, we have an aid come in, and the aid is definitely not twenty six dollars a week. So mm-hmm. yeah. Well, um, I was going to ask that. Do you, is there? Um, I think does insurance cover a lot of the stuff that's used to help the family members? Yeah. So she, right now she's just on Medicare, so that is just basically normal medical insurance, and that stuff isn't covered. Mm-hmm. Um, we have to get her on Medicaid. Uh, and that will start to cover at least the aid coming into the house. Um, but I don't think that it covers, um, stuff like daycare and that sort of thing, the senior center that would still be out of pocket, but that's where having these community organizations that like this one is subsidized by New York city itself. So, you know, it keeps costs relatively low. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, shout out to, <laughs> we're just going to be shout out podcast today, the Alzheimer's Association and their website, because it will direct you to local chapters, local organizations, chapters of the, the Alzheimer's Association and organizations. And I, that's basically where I found this place was I had been searching um, for daycares essentially for my mom and that one popped up and it's close by and they bus and it's, you know, affordable and it worked out awesome so um love that shout out to them Alzheimer's um, is amazing yeah <laughs> love that um I want to talk about you a little bit um just the the stress that's on a caregiver um 
I, I know that like we wanted to learn a lot about Alzheimer's and dementia and stuff today, but are there programs that the foundation offers as well for support groups for caretakers? Because you have to take care of yourself too to take care of the person that you love. Mm-hmm. Um, Alzheimer's, definitely the Alzheimer's Association. There are other um, programs that I have um, involved you know, been involved with as well, but I am currently in a support group actually with the people whose parents and loved ones go to the daycare with my mom. So they're all in the community. It's run by the same people. So they know our loved ones too. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's really great because in this way they, um, you know, if I'm having a particularly difficult time with my mom, you know, with something you know i can let them know and so they're aware of it too when she's at the center Mm -hmm. if we ever get back to normalcy (laughs) (laughs) um and it's free i i don't pay anything to go to the support group um and i well i found that through the queen's community house but um alzheimer's association there's another group in new york city called caring kind and they um, they run information sessions. Um, like I learned about respite, which is um, you know like if I need a break and I need someone to come in, like I can get respite care. Um, I didn't know that was a thing until I went to that information session. Mm-hmm. Um, haven't used it yet, but that's a whole another story. Um, <laughs> um, so yeah, like there's there's lots of of help out there for caregivers um in fact well, I, the social they're social workers that i work with at the support group so they're helping me find some therapy as well because i need some of that <laughs> excellent we love therapy well i was Everyone gonna i was it. gonna ask in regards to like the stresses that you have in regards to being a caregiver and i know i talk about this with with kayla and with a lot of our guests when when they're dealing with so when kayla's dealing with uh crohn's and things like that or someone is dealing with some other sort of other issue do you feel like if somebody has an issue with alzheimer's like or or dementia they'll come to you or do you feel like it's difficult to kind of now be a a, have this information i i know someone with like like kayla is like comes very natural to be inquisitive and to be a, a researcher and I know that she kind of, not that she enjoys looking up that kind of stuff, but there, she does kind of like that kind of thing. Does that, do you feel that at all? or? No, well, you can tell Kayla and I are related because I have that right. same <laughs> issue too. So like I am constantly um, reading up, like even today, like we went for a stress test today. They called and said, oh, it looks like she has this, that, and the other thing. And so I immediately, as soon as I hung up with them, was Googling all of those things. Like, what is this? What's going on? What does this entail? Um because I feel like I can be a better advocate for my mom mm-hmm. if I know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and even today, like when we, when we were there um, at the stress test, like every new person that came in to help her, I was like, listen, she's got dementia. I'm here if you have questions. I'm here if she gets agitated and just needs to calm down. Like, use me, I'm here. Which, right. you know, in COVID world that we're now living in has been super difficult because they don't want anyone else there. Mm-hmm. But like, I have to force myself into the situation to be like, because she can't speak for herself. Right. You know, one of the other things that she's dealing with right now is, I don't want to call it aphasia. Like she, she can communicate. She just has a really hard time stringing her thoughts together coherently. So if something is bothering her, like I have to look for cues. I have to see in her face that something hurts or 
like and it happened today like she i think she was having a panic panic attack in like the machine that she was in and i was watching her breathing and i was like guys she looks like she's in distress can we check on her um but she if i didn't say anything she would have sat there suffering the entire time like yeah a she doesn't want to bother anyone but b she doesn't i don't think she gets that she can speak up for herself you know Mm -hmm. so so like i feel like it's my duty almost to yeah definitely know what's going on to part you know give out that information to those who want to listen to it Mm um i mean when i was a couple of years ago when i was working my second job um one of the one of my colleagues there her husband ended up developing I don't know what it was exactly, but he had some form of dementia. And so like I became her sounding board. I became her support group, you know, and at that point, I don't know how, because this was probably two years ago. I don't know how comfortable I was at that point about it. Right. Um, But I also felt like I needed, I needed to be that person because I know that at some point, you know, I was like that and I needed that sounding board and I needed that support group and I needed that information. Right. And that, that makes perfect sense. And I, and I can, I understand how stressful that must be. And the other thing like kind of going with that in terms of like being a sounding board for people is like, and this is not particularly for you, but like in terms of when you're talking to someone who's a caregiver for someone else and people probably come to you and ask like in genuine concern or genuine, like how, How's your mother doing or how's the person you're caretaking for going? And is that something that in casual conversation that you like or you don't like? Because I know sometimes it probably feels like there's concern and they care for your mother. So that's nice to hear. But I'm guessing there's other times in which you're doing something kind of on your own where it's like, I don't really want to. We don't. It's, it, it, I have to have my own moments of my of my life here. So is it is it difficult to, to, to space that out like that? I think for me, it's hard for me to gauge whether they really want to know how she's doing or if she's just being, you know, kind and personable and just be like, hey, how is she? But doesn't actually want to hear the nitty gritty. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and so that's that's the hard part. Like you want to give your loved one, you know, the dignity of, of not, you know, giving out, you know, this dirty specifics of everything that you're doing for her because she doesn't seem to be able to do it for herself anymore right because it does get dirty (laughs) but um you know like at work you know they're always oh how's mom and you know it's sort of like yeah she's okay like when I'm in the office you know that's my that's my respite that's when i'm mm-hmm. not 100% caregiving and so i don't really want to necessarily get into the specifics um i think for some people uh you know like family that you know we don't see all the time is another thing like i don't know if you really want to know or because i know that they know to a point but i don't know if they know you know how far into the disease we are mm-hmm. i don't know if they want to know you know it that that's the hard thing about it is is knowing how uh honest to be yeah you know because like otherwise she's fine you know she's i mean we've we've got this 
you know, stress testing to deal with. But right, right. <laughs> other than that, you know, she's she's chugging along like the rest of us. And yeah. so, and that's the problem. It's like, you know, she's physically pretty much good. Um, it's just the the cognitive part of it that is not good. And it's such a personal thing when you talk about that, right. you know? Um, and I, I, part of me wants to definitely like sing it from the mountaintops. Like this is what dementia is. Like you, you guys don't understand. This is Alzheimer's. This is what's going on. Um, because, you know, it's kind of like mental illness. Like people, they don't talk about their mental illnesses because it's, you know, either embarrassing or, um, you, you're stigmatized because of it. And I think dementia in all of its forms is very much like that. Because as soon as you hear dementia, you know, it's like me going back to my picture of my grandmother, mm-hmm. you know, and it's not that, you know, not for, for years and years and years and years, hopefully, you know. So, yeah. and even then, you know, I would make sure her hair was done and she was dressed as right. comfortably as she needs to be, you know. Yeah, well, with that stigma, we have, um, you know, in our current political climate, people throwing around dementia as an insult um, to both Trump and um, (laughs) Biden. I'm having a brain fart. Um, uh, That they, you know, how they both talk. Neither of them are very articulate. Um, And I, you know, you had posted on your own social media accounts why it's so wrong like no matter how much you hate either of those candidates why it's so wrong to be using alzheimer's or dementia as an insult do you want to explain that a little bit you said it so eloquently oh it was so laced it was laced with dirty words it wasn't that eloquent we curse curse on the podcast (laughs) (laughs) oh i was heated i was so angry you know it's like growing up like I'm a child of like the 80s and the 90s and and back then whenever something was like weird or if someone was acting funny you know you threw around the r word and I'm gonna assume we all know it because I don't because I don't like that word either Mm -hmm. but you know you threw around that word people throw around you know gay the same way these days and it's not you know it's almost inhumane because they throw that around because they don't know what those words mean. They don't know what the experience is like to be, um, you know, to, to, to be gay. They don't know what the experience is like of, of maybe having some kind of um, cognitive issue or learning disability. Like they don't get it. Mm-hmm. And because they don't get it, it becomes an insult. And it's the same thing with dementia. They don't understand that it's not just memory loss. It's not just, you know, cute little old, you know, ladies and little old men who are just kind of sweet and like are lost and they, you know, need to find their way home. You know, it's, it's so much more than that. Um, you know, with Alzheimer's specifically, you know, I had mentioned before, your, your body is essentially like attacking your brain and strangling it to death. And, and as brain cells die, you know, memories yes are lost obviously but you also lose muscle control you lose the um 
ability to even make a decision, you know, to like, do you want pizza or do you want a hot dog for dinner? Mm-hmm. Who knows? I mean, I have that problem too. So that's really not a <laughs> great example. <laughs> I'm one of those, you know, what do you want for dinner? I don't know. What about you? Yeah. But, um, but that's just because, you know, I don't necessarily want to make a decision on behalf of everyone. But like when it comes down to, you know, having a cognitive impairment like that, it's because you literally cannot make the decision. Your brain does not know how to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I had said it on my, on my post, like, you know, at some point you lose the ability to, to, you know, go to the bathroom on your own. You lose the ability to even like hold it in. You lose the ability to swallow your, your body shrivels away. You know, it's, it's not an eloquent way of dying in any sense of, of death, you know, being eloquent, you know, it's, I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy. And here I am living with it every day and living with knowing what's going to happen at some point. Um, And to throw the word dementia around, you know, like it's the R word, like, you know, whatever other insult you want to throw around, it's just showing more than anything else how ignorant you are in not you guys obviously but like you know how ignorant the person is throwing the word around Mm -hmm. and I also was super angry when Trump and not to be political you know but when he had his whole like I don't know interview where he was like yeah I aced that that test you know the test that they give you to determine your mental state it's the mini mental state examination and it's it's a hard exam. It's hard for me sitting there listening to my mom do it, try to figure it out. So no one's acing it. There's no acing that exam, no matter how on top of it you are mentally. You know, it's it's meant to trip you up. And for him, you know, to go around saying, oh yeah, no, I aced it. You know, I knew everything. I could repeat back those words without a problem okay, yeah, you, maybe you could do that without a problem, but, you know, can you you go through the months of the year backwards from December to January? Because that takes me a good minute to do, you know? Is that like the kind of questions that are on that test? Yeah. So, I mean, it goes like with um, kind of basic questions, like, do you know where you are? Do you know what year it is? Do you know what time of, you know, what season it is? Do you know who the president is? That sort of like, do you know who you are, where you are? Mm-hmm. you know, where you are in, in space and time, essentially. Um, and then it gets into little trickier things. So, because um, if you think about it, you know, when we talk about dementia and how it's not just memory loss and it's different um, areas of your cognition, like you may be able to read a sentence, you know, you may be able to, to you know, read a headline in a, in a um newspaper but if someone were to ask you a few minutes later like what was that headline about what was going on um you read it you knew all the words that were in it but you didn't actually know what you were reading you didn't comprehend so um like one of the questions is you know read what it says but do what it says so like usually it's it's they write down like close your eyes so you have to read it out loud but then you're also supposed to close your eyes um, they have you, I mean, they do have you remember a series of words 
and they come back to that later. Um, they, they, I'm pretty sure it's the months of the year we did backwards, um, uh, which I really am not very good at. <laughs> um, they have you draw a clock. They draw, they give you like, again, in tasks, they have you draw a circle and then it says, okay, now draw the hands of a clock facing at like 10 to two or something like that. So yeah. it should be going like that. So all stuff that like actually requires a lot of thought. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. It's not, it's not meant to be an easy test. Um, yeah. And so that's, again why i it just it bugged me that he was like yeah i aced it because yeah, there's no i way. didn't ace it <laughs> and also like an air of like superiority or something like that yeah it's like it doesn't make you you know just because you can't do it that means that there you know there is an issue it's not like you're uh, like yeah. so it doesn't the, the whole thing is the, yeah. the whole the whole way he went about it yes. was not I agree. a great way to go about I it agree. and regardless of of political affiliations i just yeah. no just regular decency <laughs> <laughs> well so i think the um the, where i want to end with us are, are two questions um one you don't have to answer because i didn't put it on here so um i don't want to blindside you with this but i, I remember you talked about the trivia um, question <laughs> no <laughs> but we were um just i, I want to find out how we and the listeners can help both you and help people um who are uh experiencing this disease so in terms of your experience um as a caregiver i know you had shared on social media once you know how hard it was like the first time your mom didn't remember who you were um is there a way that friends and family can help you support you either emotionally in that regard or do you just want our money <laughs> how can we help you i mean monetary monetary donations are always accepted mm -hmm. um also alcohol definitely <laughs> i'm i'm joking i actually this is the first alcoholic beverage i've had in months so and it's I've, a fall beverage yes it's a fall <laughs> beverage exactly um i the biggest thing I think is check in now and then. Um, don't expect, you know, like a full breakdown of how they're doing, but just check in. How are you doing? How are you holding up? Can, you know, can we do anything? Not that I would ever say, yes, please. Can you do this, that, and the other thing? I would never do that to someone like that. But I think if it's coming from a place of genuine you know, care and concern, you know, it's good to know that there are people who um, have your back if, if you know, it comes down to that, you know. Mm -hmm. Check in on, you know, if you do know people with Alzheimer's uh, or dementia in general, uh, check in on them because they're human beings too. A awesome example, today during the stress test, <laughs> thank God for the stress test today, the PA who was doing the, you know, the actual stress portion of the exam, she looked at me and she said, should I talk to you or to her? Oh, like, she is right there. Yeah. You know, I may need to reiterate what you're saying, but she's a human and capable of hearing you. So yes, please talk to her. You know, you know, if you have a grandma, if you have someone in your family, uh, you know, give them a call. You know, once COVID is over, stop by. Because um, that, 
one of the biggest things that my mom loves is just to sit next to me and to hold my hand. Oh. To know that I'm there. And, you know, at first, we were never very touchy-feely. So, like, you know, at first it was very strange. But now I come to, like, enjoy that time, too. Because, you know, at one point, and I'm not going to get emotional, at one point, you know, that's all we're going to have is a sense of, of physical touch. You know, mm-hmm. she's not going to know who I am. I'm not going to be able to explain to her who I am but she's Mm going to know that I love her and that I care about her because I'm holding her hand and I'm there Mm -hmm. so while people are (laughs) while people are still you know aware and still able to appreciate it give them a call stop by send flowers show them love and respect exactly because as as much as this disease dehumanizes you you know you're still you're still a human being and you're still worthy and capable of love absolutely um but also if you want to donate to my alzheimer's association walk to end alzheimer's yes we will take your money so she absolutely, <laughs> nothing wrong katie with that. does yeah. have a uh a team going right now i don't know they're probably not having a physical walk this year right due to the pandemic um Maybe they are saying the walk is everywhere so rather than yeah. normally what happens is they have specific uh walks happening in specific areas so usually i do the manhattan walk just because it it ends up being better like time-wise for me it's usually at the end of october um so rather than all going to um south south street seaport which is where the manhattan walk normally is um i'm just gonna walk around my neighborhood i'm gonna put on my purple shirt and um i actually just got some flags in the mail the other day um and just walk around and and they have an app that will count my steps and keep me honest (laughs) (laughs) um and yeah so and the great thing about the alzheimer's association and what i love about fundraising for them is that like 77 percent of the money that comes in goes directly to research. That's huge. Research is so important. And and there are other awesome charities that are Alzheimer's and, and dementia related. But like for me, you know, knowing that this apparently is something that runs in the family. Genetic Genetics isn't necessarily the biggest risk factor, but it's definitely now on both sides of my family. And if not for me, you know, for my niece, you know, she's one and a half and, you know, one day she may be able to get a vaccine or take a pill and know that, you know, when she's in her 60s and the rest of us are long gone, mm-hmm. um, you know, she doesn't have to worry about this disease. Um, so, yeah, um, we will share the link, but uh, it is yeah. alz.org slash go to slash spiffy kates. S-P-I-F-F-Y-K-A-T-E-S. Um, well, and that's, share that's that. my, my specific walk link. So if yes. you- Please donate to hers. She works really hard. We know other people are probably fundraising too, but you like her best. And if you send us a uh, receipt that you donated to her walk, we will send you a sticker pack. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. A sick invite sticker pack? Sick invite sticker pack. Yeah, which is fun to say. <laughs> all right uh any any other questions ricky you got no I, I think this has been this is obviously not something that's easy to talk about like we were talking about especially you know when 
this is probably a lot what you talk about and to talk about it more with us is, is appreciated and i know that our listeners are, are this type of insight is is really valuable to get out so i'm glad that you uh, we're able to do that with us today. So I appreciate you having you on. Yeah, no, thank you so much because it was it was good to talk to you guys knowing that I know you all are not only aware, but you're very um, sensitive about this sort of thing and, and you're there to get the word out about this stuff and your podcast is amazing and I love it and I share it all the time and thank, thank you so much for doing what you do. Time, should I say it? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Sick invite, guys. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>